Mackenzie Johnston with Cattle News Central, bringing you your June 7th cattle industry headlines. Brought to you by AgRisk Advisors. They manage your risk so you can manage your operation. With the weather being unstable, there is no better time to look into coverage for your feed crops, especially with these gnarly storms that we have been rolling through. The annual forage deadline is right around the corner. With their state-of-the-art technology and second-to-none customer service, you can be confident that your policy is in good hands. AgRisk Advisors, risks averted, legacies preserved. We are also sponsored by Circle 5 Cow School. If you're wanting to learn how to preg check your own cows or start AIing, Circle 5 Cow School is definitely the way to go. Almost every week, they are hosting classes somewhere between Texas and Tennessee. I encourage you all to check out their schedule. Head on over to circle5cowschool.com. That is the number five in there. Or you can go ahead and just give them a follow on Facebook. So a few weeks ago, I reported on a Q&A article that Drovers put out where they featured Iowa Cattlemen's Cora Fox as she discussed the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act and how her organization felt about the bill and their thoughts on how it would impact producers. So Drovers has now published another Q&A article with Ben Weinheimer. He is the president and CEO of the Texas Cattle Feeders Association, and he discussed his thoughts on the bill and how it might impact cattle producers. And you can just about imagine how these two individuals' opinions, how much they differ. So when asked what parts of the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act would be most beneficial for cattle producers, Weinheimer said the requirement in the bill to make the packers purchase a certain percentage of their fat cattle on the negotiated market overshadows constructive discussion on other elements of the bill that could have a positive impact. The exact opinion I would expect from an individual in this position. Weinheimer went on to talk about the percentage of cattle sold through negotiated trade versus AMAs down in his region. So as a result of voluntary industry-led efforts by TCFA members during the time frame from January 2021 through May 2022, and keep in mind, January 2021, that was just a few months after NCBA um, passed their voluntary approach to, to increase negotiated cash trade. And we all know that plan was a complete and utter failure. So negotiated trade in the TCFA region during that time period, and the TCFA region includes Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico, it averaged 13,215 head per week, so 13%. When you break that number down, 7,208 head of those cattle, 7%, were sold through negotiated cash, and the remaining 6,007 head of those cattle, 6%, they were sold through negotiated grid. According to research released by Dr. Stephen Kuntz of CSU, the economist that NCBA uses religiously, in order to achieve robust price discovery, 6,000 to 13,000 head of cattle per week need to be traded through some, through some kind of negotiated means in the TCFA region. So Weinheimer, of course, he believes since his region has been able to do this on average for the past 17 months, the region has actually exceeded the, recommend, the recommended level for robust price discovery. Weinheimer was asked if he believes any unintended consequences will come from this bill if it were to actually come, uh, if it were to actually become reality. 
And he said, some bad ideas never become good ideas, which has been true of so many situations where the government has been asked to fix a problem in the private sector. But there has been plenty of examples where the private sector has made the necessary adjustments or corrections, which has resulted in positive outcomes. Weinheimer believes the situation that our current cattle markets are enduring uh, provides the opportunity for both individuals and businesses to respond in, in an efficient, effective, and timely manner in the absence of governmental constraints, limitations, and mandates. If this bill were to be passed, it would result in fewer marketing opportunities and less incentive for producers to invest in their herds for greater improvement, said Weinheimer. So basically, he believes that if we if we actually require the packers to buy a minimum percentage of cash through negotiated cash trade, that will lower the quality of cattle that we have here in our industry. Essentially, he thinks ranchers, they just won't give a damn about improving their uh, improving their cattle anymore because we're going to make packers actually compete for cattle. Makes no sense. Weinheimer said this bill is a step backwards and counters, uh, and counters the continuous improvement the cattle industry has been working toward to meet consumer demand. He has definite reservations when it comes to the government getting so extensively involved in the beef industry because there are very few examples of the government implementing a rule or regulation that they have either withdrawn or overturned. But there is one example where the government did indeed do such thing, and that is MCOOL. And Weinheimer said it took a decade to implement a course correction on the mandatory labeling rule, uh, but not before it cost U.S. cattle producers millions of dollars and the threat of Canada and Mexico implementing billion-dollar tariffs on our beef exports. This guy is just really hitting it out of the park. In closing, Weinheimer said through all of the hearings that Congress has held in the past year or however long it's been um, regarding our cattle markets, the facts have not changed. So he and his organization encouraged Congress to set aside the controversial and divisive proposal of a government-managed cash, cash trade mandate and instead act on recommendations to improve cattle, to improve market transparency and price discovery which has broad industry support. I encourage you all to read this article. I hit the high points of the article. Weinheimer had a lot more to say about the industry. That's for sure. This update is also sponsored by 4T Ag Insurance. Colt Tritt, he is the owner and operator of 4T Ag, and he is a one-man show. He himself ranches, so he understands all the risks that come along with the livestock industry. His experience with ranching allows him to help producers Set up their operations for success, something that you are not going to find with a large agency that just hires agents that do not fully understand the industry. If your operation is not already enrolled in PRF insurance, now is the time to reach out to 4T Ag and get enrolled. You have until November 15th. And if you just want to learn more about 4T Ag and everything they have to offer, head on over to www.4tag.net. That is the number 4tag.net. Drovers has also reported, according to the U.S. Meat Export Federation, Japan is the, is United, is the United States' largest export market for beef. We all knew that. In 2021, the country received 300, 320,737 metric tons of U.S. beef, up 5% 
compared to 2020. To ensure Japan continues to take such high volumes of U.S. beef on Friday, a new three-trigger safeguard was signed into action under the U.S.-Japan Trade Agreement. This safeguard will allow U.S. exporters to meet Japan's growing demand for high-quality beef while minimizing the odds that Japan will increase tariffs, according to the U.S. Trade Representative. In response to this news, NCBA Senior Director of International Trade and Market Access, Kent Bacchus, said the agreement underscores the importance of a mutually beneficial relationship between American cattle producers and Japanese consumers. U.S. beef exports in 2021 were four times higher than Japanese beef exports, coming in at $10 billion. Japan made up $2.3 billion of that $10 billion in U.S. beef export sales that year. Meeting Place has reported that a lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois alleges Beyond Meat fraudulently, fraudulently overstates the protein content of its alternative meat products. A half dozen Illinois residents are charging Beyond Meat with fraud, claiming the fake meat company is using misleading advertisements that assert their fake meat products are just as nutritionally beneficial as traditional meat. The plaintiffs are seeking class action status for the lawsuit and petition for compensatory, statutory, and punitive damages, including interest, restitution, and they are also asking to be reimbursed for their attorney's fees and expenses. So speaking of fake meat, the Cattle Rage has reported that last week, Kansas's governor, Laura Kelly, signed into law the fake meat labeling bill. This new law will go into effect on July 1st and requires makers of alternative meat products that use meat terms to include a disclaimer indicating the product does not contain meat on the label in a prominent and large font in close proximity to the meat term. Disclaimers can include vegetarian, vegan, meatless, meat-free, plant-based, or other terms approved by the Kansas Secretary of Agriculture. And I believe that's how it should be with alternative meat all across the United States. Folks need to understand that it is it is nothing like nutritional, nutrition, excuse me, traditional meat. Um, we can talk about nutrition or we can talk about taste. It just does not level up. That is all I have for you guys this morning for news. I have to apologize. Yesterday, I completely forgot to pay tribute to D-Day. I know it's a day late, but I just want to take a moment and recognize uh, the courage of all those young men who charged up the beach uh, for our freedom back in 1944. The courage those men showed, I believe, is something that our country is lacking today. But nonetheless, without those brave souls, there's a chance that we could be speaking German today. So thank the good Lord for all those individuals. That is all I have for you guys this morning. Have yourself a terrific Tuesday. I'll catch you later.